In today's guest's first Civil War era book, A Child Changed the Face of History. In her newest book, A Child Changes the Face of Her Own Family to Save Them from History. Find out what author artist Karen Winnick is working on next when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. If you want to live a healthier lifestyle naturally, visit wellnow.ca, an all-Canadian quality resource. We provide the information and knowledge you need to make your best choices. Wellnow.ca gives you access to natural products and solutions, lifestyle services, and licensed health practitioners. Our free monthly newsletter delivers healthy living tips, articles, and expert opinions. Become empowered. Go to wellnow.ca today. Are you a busy event planner, an auction chair, or development coordinator? Well, AuctionHelp.com is designed for you. Find out why hundreds of nonprofit organizations just like yours have chosen AuctionHelp.com to take the stress out of the benefit auction process. Hi, I'm Russ Dalnack, professional auctioneer, and I'm also someone who can help you coordinate your next auction. That's right. We have a special staff of auction management experts to give you that auctioneer to, to get the right person behind the microphone that will encourage your guests to be generous. We can also meet with your auction committee throughout the whole planning process. We're going to give you helpful hints that could add as much as 25% to next year's totals. We're going to train and monitor your auction volunteers the night of the event. We're going to help you run your auction, including the registration, the data entry, the filing, the cashiering, the recording, where to get those valuable items, how to develop your audience, and all those things. Log on, auctionhelp.com. We're here to help with your next Next auction. Are you a health-conscious, motivated mom who wants to work part-time from home? Do you want to enhance your family's income, get out of debt, experience financial freedom, create a flexible schedule, set your own hours? These benefits are available to top performers of this 34-year-old, solid, stable company. www.lisastafford.com Achieve personal wellness goals and make a difference in the lives of others. Receive coaching from the top achievers at this company. For more information, go online. lisastafford.com Have a question or comment? To speak to our show hosts or guests during the live show, call in toll-free in North America, 877-514-7300. And from elsewhere in the world, call 001-858-277-1444. Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, talking today with Karen Winnick, author of children's picture books set in the Civil War era. We've been talking about her most recent book, Cassie's Sweet Berry Pie, in which a young girl in Mississippi protects her house against Union soldiers by making up her younger siblings to look like they have measles and thus frightening the soldiers away when they see the children. They don't want to catch this disease and they they leave the house unharmed. When I read that, uh, Karen, I was struck by the use of measles as a disease right. for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is that I, a lot of children today don't even know what that is. <laughs> yep. the, the, uh, nowadays they, they immunize for that. Uh, right. I, I, I'm sure you're too young 
for this, but I remember having measles uh, when I was a boy. It was a disease everybody went through and was naturally immunized. But now children are vaccinated. They, they don't get it. In the Civil War era, on the other hand, if you got it as a child, it was like like my generation. You got sick, you got better, and then you never got it again. But if you got it as an adult, if you didn't get it, if you grew up on a farm isolated enough, so you never caught it, then if you caught it when you were suddenly thrown in with hundreds of other young men at the age of 18 in a Civil War unit, it could be fatal. So you're, the way the, the Union soldiers are scared, they were not, they're not just scared of itching. They, they don't want to die. I, no, it was very serious. I mean, the, the interesting thing was, though, that, that I was going to use smallpox. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, measles and smallpox both were um, diseases that could have been were prevalent. But um, then I decided to use measles just because there was so much going on with smallpox scares. After 911, it would have been a little too too topical, perhaps. Exactly. Yeah. Well, measles that. was a good choice. the The idea that diseases were spread had it was certainly known in that time. This, of course, predates the germ theory of disease. As the soldiers wouldn't have known what caused things to spread. Indeed, doctors used to argue in the mid 19th century over which diseases were contagious and which ones weren't. Right. But they, they didn't. didn't. They knew of contagion. Well, for example, malaria was so um, widespread down there, but they didn't know it was caused by mosquitoes. Exactly. So they 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 would have suspected, you, without necessarily knowing why measles was contagious. It's quite realistic to assume they would have understood uh, that that. If you get close to people like that, something bad can happen. Some doctors theorized you needed to touch the victim. Others thought you had to be close to them. They didn't know exactly the details. They didn't know it was germs. But they knew it was a bad idea to be in the same, be in proximity to someone like that. That was my understanding. Yes. So so that's, uh, and, and again, to use what to us was once an innocuous, relatively harmless childhood disease, and today is, is quite rare. Uh, but in those days, was was a, a deadly disease to soldiers. It's, it's, it, was, it was a clever stroke. I think it works very well. Let me ask you what uh, where you're going from here. Do you have other historical works uh, in the offing? Yes, I've been working on a story that I'm about to start the art for, and it's based on um, Vicksburg and a little girl who was a real person named Lucy McRae. And this is um, about Vicksburg. And I was doing research, and there were so many fascinating and interesting stories that I uncovered. And one one thing that intrigued me was the idea that when the Union soldiers were um, attacking Vicksburg, they were um, the people dug out caves in the hills behind the city. And they went to live there during the siege, which lasted 47 days. And in some cases, there were very few families, and some there were as many as 200 people in a cave. And I started doing research on it. And again, I always say that I look for some basic human truth that I'm trying to um, relate through my story, through telling a story that takes place in history. And um, what struck me how was that the the sense of dependency on community and how people working together helped you to survive. And um, 
Lucy McRae was one of these young people who went to live in this cave. And um, there were a lot of books I used for research. And I did go down to Vicksburg and um, went around and looked at some of the places. You, you can't get into the caves anymore. I mean, they're all, I think, they're either non-existent or they're all closed up now. But, and I, I, by the way, I think it's a good idea to write a draft of a story before you go down because then you have a million questions and if you, um, <laughs> that you can get answered. But um, this is the story that I'm telling now and there are so many interesting details. For example, during the siege, there was no more paper and the newspaper was printed on wallpaper. And so I'm hoping to make the end papers a facsimile of the newspaper printed on wallpaper. And um, there, there were, I'd, I've seen these actually in my time at the museum, reproductions of that Vicksburg wallpaper yes. news, newsprint yes. have, have been, were reproduced and widely sold, and it's possible to find them uh, even today uh, on the market, usually not too expensive. Yes. Uh, perhaps you already have those. Uh, now, if this brings back to something we were talking about in the previous segment, Clearly, if, if you're the protagonist of your story is going to be uh, a girl in Vicksburg, we're going to sympathize with her, mm-hmm. as we do with Cassie, as we do with Grace and, and Abraham Lincoln in the previous books. If you were to talk, on the other hand, to say General Sherman, read uh, the, the correspondence Sherman has with General Hood uh, when they're negotiating over what's going to happen to the civilians in Atlanta after, after Sherman has captured the place, Sherman and Hood engage in this, this very fascinating written dialogue over the propriety of uh, of the war as a whole and, and how it should be conducted. And Sherman argues that the, the southern civilians have brought this war on themselves, have, have allowed a government to to uh, take over that is has caused this war, that is an illegal government violating the Constitution. And that they can end the war in a minute just by by stopping the fighting, and if they have to suffer hardship in the meantime, uh, in Sherman's view, that's unfortunate. But it's the nature of war, and it's their own fault in a sense, and it must happen if the war is to end. If, on the other hand, if you read, say, Gone with the Wind, where where the civilians of Atlanta are the the innocent victims, and Sherman's men are brutal uh, thugs and, and arsonists. You get a very different view. Right. Where where do you fall in this spectrum? In terms of my sympathy? Yes. Well, I I think that um, wars make people suffer, and certainly for for certain people suffered on both sides. And um, I have I, I have sympathy um, certainly with the cause of the abolition of slavery, but I um, I feel so strongly that um, a way of life in terms of the South suffered greatly and people suffered greatly, and, and in essence, nobody won except for um, the progress that was made in, in um, eliminating slavery. And, um, I mean, if you go down to the South today, um, People still talk so much about the Civil War, and um, and sometimes some of those issues haven't been resolved. 
I, I live here in North Carolina. In North Carolina, from the north yes. Three three years ago, and I will absolutely confirm what you just said. Uh, in many ways, uh, the war is a much more living presence mm-hmm. in the South than it is in the North. Well, I, I, it, it is possible, I think, to take the argument that all war causes suffering and there are always innocent victims in war. And if one portrays nothing but that, is it possible to lose sight of the idea that there may be times when a war has some kind of redemptive value, as you point out in in ending slavery, for example? I think that when you write a picture book, you have to take a viewpoint and you have to express it in a voice. And a picture book is usually about one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a novel has many more com- complex um, issues to deal with. And so, again, I'm always trying to get at basically one simple human truth that I'm trying to convey through storytelling. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cassie's Sweet Berry Pie is also about a little girl struggling to push past her fears. But basically, I'm trying to say one thing, and I have to know what that thing is in order to be able to write the story. I kind of need to know what I'm, what the ending is going to be. So I will take a viewpoint, and in, certainly in these two cases, Cassie's Sweet Berry Pie and my story called Lucy's Cave about Vicksburg, I have a sympathy for what the for what my characters in the South were going through and their fear, and I think it um, conveys how I feel. Mm-hmm. For sure. So uh, you do have to take a stand. And I, I think I, I'm, as I hear us having this discussion, you remind me that that we're talking about the, the the medium of the picture book, which mm-hmm. as you pointed out, is very, it's very specialized. I'm sorry. It's very specific. Yes, it's a, a specific and, and specialized medium to communicate in, and uh, I, I'm really. Uh, Asking questions for which you could you could write a novel, you could write a historical <laughs> treatise, and I'm I'm asking how in 32 pages of pictures can you explain all the nuances of man's inhumanity to man? Uh, I, I'm I'm asking a little much there. And well, I, again, I, I say yeah. it's like writing War and Peace in haiku, and that's exactly. a quote from the, another author. Well, that that again, the music is coming along, saying that unfortunately we have run out of time, but. I will strongly urge all our readers, those with our listeners, rather those with children, get a copy of Mr. Lincoln's Whiskers and Cassie's Sweet Berry Pie, and it will form a wonderful springboard to introduce your children to some historical issues, to find out who Lincoln was, to find out why there are Union soldiers in Mississippi and what the war was about, and you can have conversations from there. Uh, these are really uh, wonderful books, and they're not. Uh, they're not the irritating kind written by movie stars who don't know how to put two words together. <laughs> so, Karen, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Jerry. And I thank all our listeners for listening to Civil War Talk Radio. And when our Shiloh the bravest hearts subdue to see the 